Hey friend, are you someone who has pain with sitting? Maybe you can't even lay down in bed because your tailbone hurts so bad, or you're avoiding wellness exams or any form of penetrative sex or intimacy with your partner? Are you having issues with peeing and pooping, feeling like you have UTIs all the time? You're not fully emptying. You have to strain to get bowel movements out. You know, all of these are unfortunately signs of pelvic pain, which we did talk about in last week's episode. So if you're unsure if your pain is considered pelvic pain and what may be contributing to your pelvic pain, definitely go check out last week's episode where we dive into that because it is so so multifactorial and so multi-system in the body. There are a lot of things going on when it comes to pelvic pain. But in today's episode, we are going to dive into five different strategies that you can do to start resolving your pelvic pain and healing your pelvic floor today. These strategies are going to help reduce that pain so you can tolerate sitting and even enjoy sitting through and watching a movie again, enjoying intimacy with your partner again, normalizing your bowel movements, all the things. This is such a quality of life thing. So I hope you stay tuned. This episode ended up being a little longer than I planned, which means it's full of goodies for you guys. So let me know. Go over to the Balanced Mentality Women's Health and Wellness Support Group. Let me know your takeaways. Let me know your pain points. Let's help you figure out and resolve this butt pain today. Hope you enjoyed today's episode. Hey, I'm your host, Dr. Desiree Cassell. I'm an orthopedic and pelvic floor physical therapist specializing in women's health, aka pelvic floor. I'm a wife, mom of three, foodie, lover of all things movement in nature, and I'm super passionate about educating, empowering, and supporting other women like you to find and maintain balance throughout all aspects of their lives without pain, pressure, or peeing their pants. And this is the Balanced Momtality Podcast, where we will talk about all things pelvic floor, your core, and optimizing your pregnancy, birth, and postpartum recovery providing you with the knowledge and tools so that you can feel like the strong, playful, and happy mom that you and your family deserve. Now let's get you out of those pads and back to loving movement. Fill up your water, pop in those AirPods, roll out your mat, and let's connect. Before we start today's episode, just a quick disclaimer that anything mentioned in this podcast is not meant to treat or diagnose any medical conditions. If you have any questions or concerns about your healthcare needs, please seek the care of your medical provider. This is also a safe space where we will be talking about very sensitive but important topics such as issues with peeing and pooping, relationships, and even sex. So if you have littles around, probably a good idea to pop those AirPods in. But otherwise, I hope you enjoy today's episode. All right, we are jumping right into it today. If you missed last week's episode about pelvic pain, I would definitely go pause this right now, go listen to last week's episode because it really dives in to what pelvic pain can look like. This really is a very general term and I'll summarize briefly here, um, you know, but go back and listen to that episode. It's a lot more in depth. Uh, however, yeah, pelvic pain can show up in so many different ways as a pelvic floor PT, you know, there's so many different symptoms that can show up with pelvic pain. 
Um, most commonly, I find pain with sitting. I get, you know, pain with sex or intercourse or tampon insertion or even their wellness exams are really uncomfortable. Uh, vulvodynia or vestibulodynia, which is pain along that vulvar area, which if you don't know, that is what most people call their vagina. That is your vulva. The vagina is the hole and canal up towards your uterus. Little anatomy lesson for you there. Um, but you know, also coccydynia, which is tailbone pain, especially if you've ever had like a history of a bad fall on your tailbone. This is definitely something we want to think about. Um, even, you know, especially during pregnancy, pubic synthesis pain, that pain right in the front of your uh, pelvis where that joint meets is a very common place for pain. SI joint pain, which is the same thing, but on the back where that sacrum meets the ilium joint in the back of your pelvis, that low back, upper tailbone space. Um, but even hip pain, you know, that pelvic floor does connect to the hip. So sometimes we don't even have typical what you would think of as pelvic quote unquote pain. However, we do some investigating and come to find out it is your pelvic floor that's kind of referring or radiating that pain out to your hip or even maybe up into the low back or even inner thigh. So this can look like so many different things. And, you know, with that, there are so many different things that can contribute to this. Again, last week's episode, go check it out. But today is really more about what you can do. So we are going to dive into five different strategies and tips that I uh, go through with my patients. And really, you know, if you don't have any pelvic pain, I would really encourage you to still do these five tips because these are all things that will just help you keep a nice, uh, healthy tone in your pelvic floor and keep that pelvic floor functioning for you how it should and avoid pain altogether. Because that's the goal, right? If we have pain, yes, we want to resolve it, but why not avoid it? Be preventative about your health. This is really that evolution in our society of shifting more to a preventative, holistic wellness model where you, you know, it's hard to dish out money when you're feeling good. I know it is, but let me tell you how much time, energy, you know, and money it's going to save you in the long run if you invest preventatively on your health because you are, yeah, maybe you're chunking out few hundred bucks, couple grand every year just on wellness stuff, you know, even maybe more, but I can guarantee that's cheaper than your insurance, especially if you are having an issue that ends up leading to like a surgery, right? So people end up with this really bad pain and if it doesn't go away, tends to end up with surgery or maybe a really expensive medication that people are just accepting. They're like, cool, well, now I have to come up with 10, 15, 50 grand to have this surgery. Hopefully not. That sounds outrageous, but sadly in this healthcare industry, it's not far from the truth. So again, just shifting towards more thinking about what can we do for our bodies now so we can avoid issues altogether. Because I promise you, even though it seems pricey to dish out, you know, and I'm cash pay, so it is, It's it feels expensive to really pay out of pocket, especially if you already have insurance. But 
I don't want to ramble on this too much because it is an episode for another day. Um, But I just want to say, you know, being cash based, I do it for a reason. And it seems like it's a lot of money, but it does save you money in the long run because you are resolving the root cause and it's not compounding and ending up leading to an expensive surgery or an expensive medication that you have to stay on for years and years because now you have chronic pain. So again, an episode for another day. Today, we are here to dive into those five things. So let's get right to it. That number one thing, and this probably won't be surprising if you follow me at all or listen to my other episodes, breath work. The breath work. I can't emphasize this enough, especially with pelvic pain, you guys, because If you've missed my breathing episode, um, and I'm going to have a lot more on that, um, but go again, another one to check out and refer back to just to really see and understand and grasp that um, breath work concept and why it is so beneficial. But I'll touch on it right now. You know, physically, it's beneficial for so many things, which is really why it's kind of the key to restoring your core, which is the name of the episode. (laughs) Go check it out. Um. But physically, if we are breathing correctly, our whole core system should be expanding and relaxing together. So on our inhale, that whole core system, meaning your abdomen, your back, your sides, your pelvic floor, and yes, your diaphragm, that is that breathing muscle that you should be using, expands and lengthens. So if you are breathing correctly and using that diaphragm, you're actually going to get a physical stretch and and relaxation, lengthening of that pelvic floor. Because many times that pelvic pain, the reason there is pelvic pain is there is tightness. That muscle is tight. And again, that last episode really dives into what can cause that tightness. Why? Why is it responding the way it is? Maybe it's nerve tightness and nerve restriction, which usually coincides with muscular tension and fascial tightness around that nerve. So it's still, again, that pelvic floor tension that we are trying to impact and um, and the nervous system as a whole, which is what's giving you those pain signals, right? So we are addressing all of that, but when it comes to pelvic pain, we're really looking at reducing tone, reducing tightness and tension in the pelvic floor, clearing any trigger points, mobilizing the nerves and fascia so they have enough mobility to function without getting irritated. So um, again, thinking about the idea of tension, and if we're breathing deep, we are actually physically from inside pushing Well, I don't want to say pushing, but the pressure change is going down to the pelvic floor. So you are getting that exchange of pressure that's lengthening the pelvic floor and expanding the pelvic floor. And obviously you need to have that awareness of what it feels like to relax that muscle um, because you need to be able to let it expand and relax and lengthen on your inhale. So again, Physically, we are getting a beautiful stretch. And if you've been practicing your breath work, then it gets to the point where your body's automatically doing this. And even though you're not taking, you know, not every breath, obviously, is this deep, slow, filling breath. 
But if you've been working and doing your breath work in that way where you are really making sure it's hitting that pelvic floor and relaxing that muscle and filling your core system, then at rest, even though it's not deep and slow, you're still getting an ebb and flow of that diaphragm muscle and pelvic floor. And this even goes with the back, with back pain, right? Because again, back pain usually means something is tight and tense. Yeah, maybe it's a joint issue or a nerve issue, but muscles really lock up when something is off. And that many times can be what's causing most of our pain. And it's secondary to the actual problem, but we can't even really solve that problem until we get that muscle tone to relax. So we want to think about where that tension is. And with the breath work, I really think it's a powerful mentality to switch from, you know, and initially we might think, where is my breath? Where is that breath going? But I think it's more insightful and helpful to kind of feel where the breath is not going because breath likes to follow the place of least resistance, which tends to be the chest or the belly, right? Especially after pregnancy and you've thought of, oh yeah, I need to do my breath work and use my diaphragm which is great and kudos, good job. But imagine after pregnancy, you're doing all this deep breathing, that belly is expanding and relaxing and expanding and relaxing super easy because it was just super stretched out from holding a baby. And that's where the air is gonna wanna fill, but that is an already stretched out place. So do we want it to go there? Question for another day. But we want it to go in those tight spaces. We want to normalize that core system. So yeah, physically, this is a great way to use the breath to physically stretch out and relax those muscles in the pelvic floor. Now, the other reason the breath is so amazing is that it is that nervous system piece because the breath is one of our most amazing tools and strategies to be able to tap into the nervous system because it's a cycle, right? The nervous system controls us, but we also can contribute to our nervous system and what our nervous system is doing. And so using those more conscious things that we can use to calm the nervous system and really take us out of that sympathetic, fight or flight, stressful state, which unfortunately, I hate to tell you, even if you don't feel super stressed, your body is probably in that sympathetic state way more than you think. Because our culture and society today, unfortunately, has this hustle culture, right? Where we got to do all the to do's. And especially, you know, as a mom with kids and all the different humans we have to keep alive. And if you have a business or a job on top of that and your marriage and all the other things you're trying to juggle, it's a lot and you have to be working really hard to combat the stress that your body is going to rev up into if you're just go 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 okay so this breath really engages and stimulates a nerve called the vagus nerve which is again i'll do an episode on that another day um but it is part of that parasympathetic system the rest digest safe happy place of the nervous system and so by using this breath and especially in particular ways we can switch the body's nervous tone, that nervous system response 
from being a sympathetic fight or flight to that parasympathetic rest, healing, digest, calm side of things. And so especially if we're taking those nice deep inhales, which are great and beautiful, and we emphasize this a lot, one of the breathing techniques that really help to switch that nervous system energy, and I encourage you to try this, especially if you're feeling stressed, noticing those external signs, irritability, snapping at your kids, maybe you're clenching your jaw, maybe you're just fidgety and you know you just feel anxious take the time use this breath as a tool this isn't supposed to be another thing another to do this is supposed to be a oh yes my breath i can use this to help calm this down i'm going to make space to get some breath work in but even if you're just breathing one or two breaths here and there throughout the day with that awareness and emphasis to calm things then it is going to be so beneficial to you. But taking that nice deep inhale is beautiful. But for that big switch in the nervous system, it's even more impactful to uh, have your exhale be longer than your inhale. And so, you know, if you're taking that nice deep breath, which let's just do one here, do one with me. So we're going to take a nice deep breath, really try and fill up from the bottom up, Feel that breath go into your pelvic floor, your back, your sides, your belly, then let it come up into your chest. And then let's do it on a count of four, okay? And then on the exhale, just let your body do whatever it's gonna do. Whatever's gonna recoil back up is fine, but I want you to purse your lips like you're blowing out a candle and just let this air out slowly. So we're gonna kind of time it four counts in, eight counts out, okay? so. Take a nice inhale with me now and really fill up. And then you're just gonna let it out through those pursed lips. As slowly as you can. I don't know about you, but just that one breath really chilled me out. Um, but seriously, though, the breath work is amazing. And with that, you know, the next strategy I have is working with that nervous system. Because when we're talking about the pelvic floor, and you've, again, if you've listened to any of the other episodes, hopefully you're grasping how connected the pelvic floor is to the nervous system. Um, very, very ingrained. So if you are holding tension or stress in your body, your pelvic floor is probably clenching with you. And this can be a huge cause for your pelvic pain in and of itself, just having a constant clench in that muscle and having that nervous system tone revved up so that things are just kind of in a constant state of contraction. And again, think about any muscle. The pelvic floor is a unique muscle throughout the body. You know, it's more like the diaphragm than your bicep. However, the bicep is an external muscle, so it's easy to see. Um, so imagine your bicep is fully bent, your hands almost touching your shoulder. You've bent that elbow, your bicep is contracted. What if it stayed like that almost all day? I can guarantee you would have some arm pain and probably some elbow pain, and it would be pretty uncomfortable as you worked to straighten it back out. But that's what we're doing with our pelvic floor when we're in that stressed state and we're not even really aware of it. And so this, when I go to do those internal pelvic exams, you know, I ask people to contract and I barely feel any movement at all. And initially I might think, hmm, this feels pretty weak. 
which it is. A tight muscle is not a strong muscle, okay? So you can be tight and strong. And so with that tension, um, it doesn't allow the muscle to contract, right? So again, imagine that bicep. Just because it's in a constant state of contraction, you might think, oh, if it's engaging all the time, it must be a strong muscle. No, again, that elbow, that bicep, if it is constantly bent, imagine what's gonna happen. You're gonna try and really stretch it out, but then when you go to lift something, you might feel really weak because it's not been able to function. It hasn't been able to move or work. And so similarly with the pelvic floor, we really wanna make sure it has a full range of motion because when I'm asking these women to contract around my finger, I don't really feel anything. And I feel, you know, if anything, it feels very sluggish, like it's trying, but there just isn't enough room. And then they go to relax and nothing happens. It's, you know, even more revved up. And this is why, again, another episode in the past, uh, Kegels, go check it out, are not always the answer because we can make things worse. And so with that nervous system piece, we really can't forget it. It is huge with all pain in the body, but especially with the pelvic floor. And so um, using that breath work to really help that nervous system calm down is, again, I cannot emphasize it enough, you guys. Like when I'm having any type of pain, especially if I've been lazy and sitting around a lot and my back's hurting or if I wake up and I'm kind of kinked or if I'm on my cycle and I'm having some cramps, I go straight to my breath work immediately and it almost always resolves my pain, if not drastically reduces it. So again, the breath work is huge, but the nervous system piece is, you know, also so important. And not only do we want to help reduce that tone using the breath work, but just overall stress management, you guys, if you are doing things that are keeping you in a state of stress, and this is hard, especially if your family stresses you out, or if your job stresses you out, some of these things that we we have to do, right? But I do challenge you, if you're constantly stressed at your job, should you be there? There's probably something better for you out there, friend, because you deserve to be happy. You deserve to not be stressed out 24-7. And so challenge yourself if you are in a place of constant stress right now, or even not constant stress, but you're just not really, you know, feeling like your laid back happy self or you're, you are showing some of those signs of, you know, being snappy or maybe forgetful or, you know, these signs that our body gives us. Maybe your gut is off. Your Our body gives us these signs, whole body pain. This is a sign of the body is just tipped out. That nervous system has already met its threshold and it cannot take any more. We have to do what we can to reduce that stress and empty that bucket so our nervous system can handle those normal daily stressors. But start figuring out in your day, do like a stress audit in your life. What is stressing you out? And if you find something that's really chronically stressing you out, what tools do you have that can change that? Can you reduce your hours? Can you talk to a manager to see if you can get, you know, some mediation if you're having some stressful interactions at work can you have discussions with your partner at home to get some support and some help maybe some friends or ex uh, other family members in the area that can come help you and take some of that load off 
again, I'm going to do a whole other episode on this because I could talk on it all day, but just really take that stress seriously. We put so much pressure on ourselves to keep up with all the things. It is not worth it. Okay. Stress in your body leads to autoimmune issues, leads to cancer, leads to chronic pain, leads to gut issues that like, you know, the list is endless that we are finding, you know, science, this is all science backed by the way, like stress causes so much havoc in our body. So those basic things that can help reduce that stress level in your body, like sleep, are you getting enough sleep so that you can manage all of the stuff that you have to do during your day? You know, and this is again, where taking that breath work is a great way to kind of meditate in a sense. And I know that word is kind of a buzzword and it can immediately turn people away, especially if you're like, oh yeah, meditation. All right. No, that I've tried that doesn't work for me, but meditation can be so many different things. You know, it's just being present in the moment, take a walk in the sunshine, Be, you know, be in your body and focus on where your breath is going. This doesn't have to be sitting in silence for 15 minutes and letting my brain be empty. No, this is just be in your body, be present. And if your mind wanders, just come back. What are you hearing when you're on your walk? What are you seeing when you're on your walk? What are you feeling? You know, again, let's reduce the stress in your body so your overall nervous system can one, hold less tone in those pelvic floor muscles and other muscles in your body, because I'm sure you're probably also feeling some shoulder tension and neck stress and tension, and maybe even some migraines or headaches from all of that tension. So again, let's reduce that stress a little bit. Um, And, you know, with that, we talked about kind of the nervous system clenching things up, but my next strategy is looking at that clenching in your pelvic floor and kind of the awareness of what am I doing at rest? Because maybe you're not very stressed or maybe you had a period in your life where you were. So your body learned, oh, this is how I hold my pelvic floor. This is how I hold tone in my body. And you never taught it otherwise. So even though now you feel fine, life is good. I feel great. I'm in, you know, a place in life that feels really awesome, but why can't I get my pelvic floor to relax? And so there are a few things with this because yes, that awareness of just that clenching and keeping your pelvic floor tight is just so big. And so one posture, posture can really affect this. Um, and so specifically I'm thinking of that, like tucked tailbone, posterior pelvic tilt posture. You've kind of, you know, tucked your tail, butt under you. Um, many times I see this at like the park or in mom's groups where moms are holding babies and they're bouncing those babies and they're kind of hanging on their hips. Their hips are in front of their chest. They're just hanging on their hips, bouncing, bouncing, bouncing. And that tuck of the pelvis underneath you really clenches and closes down the pelvic floor. And so again, just your posture can make such a huge difference on how your pelvic floor is showing up. So again, I have an episode on posture, go check it out because we do want to make sure that that pelvis is in a good position where that pelvic floor can function fully for you. Um, Because if you are not aware of this and you're doing all of the other things, you're not going to see much progress because you're trying to do the breath work, you're trying to reduce your stress and all these other things I'm going to tell you today. But your posture is something you do on it throughout your whole day, right? So if you are taking some time here and there throughout the day to do some 
some of this breath work and do some stress management and do some hands-on stuff that I'm going to tell you about here in a second. You're drinking water, you're sleeping, you're doing all these things, but you're not aware that, you know, 50, 60, 75% of your day, you're sitting with your pelvis tucked under you. You're gonna be, you know, really frustrated with your progress because your posture is something that we do all day throughout the day, right? And so just start observing that posture. And if you're with any of these, you guys, if you are unsure what the ideal situation looks like or what strategies can help you resolve your stress or re- improve your breath work or improve your posture or reduce the tone in your nervous system, come see me or let's book a virtual coaching call together. Uh, We can do a lot virtually, you guys. You know, that video capacity has given us so much as a pelvic floor uh, and physical therapy profession. Being a hands-on therapist, the virtual world seems so weird to me. Um, But after doing it through COVID, I can't tell you how beneficial. Like, it was so cool to see. And it actually really gave you guys that responsibility because, yeah, I'm looking at your movement patterns. I'm looking at your breath. I'm, you know, we're running through some tests. I'm giving you exercises, showing you how to do it, all of these cool things, showing you how to do the hands-on stuff. But you have to do the work, which is the whole thing, right? There is no quick fix. People come to me and they want me to take away their pain. But unfortunately, I'm here to guide you, show you those tools. It's on you. (laughs) So it is a teamwork, right? Of course. But a lot of your healing, you have to take responsibility for that. not going to let myself ramble on that because that is another episode. Um, But just really advocate for yourself Go out there, see a pelvic floor PT in person or book a call with me so we can start getting you those strategies and get a plan in place for you. Um, Because it can be confusing and wondering, you know, I see so many things online, especially about posture and breath work and all of these things. And it's some of it is really cringy because it's not correct. (laughs) And it's more of a trendy thing, you know, or there's just these different health and wellness coaches or professionals putting stuff out there without really having the credibility or knowing what they're talking about. So just if you need help, get the support. It is worth it. Um, But so uh, another thing, another tip that I wanted to make sure that we talk about today is uh, gut health. So we talked about in the last episode how multifactorial this is and how multi-system this is. And, you know, for good reason, again, go check out the episode, but gut health is huge when it comes to pelvic floor health, because again, everything is in that vicinity. And if there's any inflammation in the gut, that pelvic floor is going to be responding to it, whether it's IBS, you know, um, ulcerative colitis, diverticulitis, any of these gut issues can really cause havoc on the pelvic floor because, yeah, the gut is inflamed, so there's inflammation in that space, and the pelvic floor is feeling that. But say you have diarrhea, you are pooping all the time, and it is water, and you your gut is just messed up, right? Your pelvic floor is probably clenching for dear life to try and keep you from leaking stool. So again, imagine that pelvic floor clenching all the time. This is going to cause issues and this can even swing the other direction where now you have such a tight pelvic floor that it can't fully relax to let you have a normal bowel movement. 
And so on the other side, constipation, having a tight pelvic floor can cause constipation and vice versa. You could have constipation from maybe your diet, slow gut motility, all of these other things that, you know, we want to address when we're looking at the gut. And if you're backed up, that's weight. So now you've got a lot of weight and pressure on the pelvic floor, which is going to make that pelvic floor want to tighten up to support it. But it's also going to create inflammation because the gut is constipated and backed up and it doesn't like that. And again, if we have a backed up system, especially if we have tightness, it's like trying to shove some big, heavy rock through a tiny little hole. Okay. And it's just not going to work for you. And so getting that gut health on board is a huge strategy, a huge tip. You know, again, those basic foundational things, stay away from the processed foods, whole foods, fruits and vegetables, Fiber, 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 fiber is obviously huge, but as you're increasing fiber, you have to make sure you're also increasing your water intake and water intake is also huge. Sometimes I've had a few patients where just their water intake was causing their constipation and that reduced their pelvic floor symptoms because now they're not backed up and they're not having to push and strain. And so again, water, fiber, we really want that stool to be all soft and you do not have to strain to get it out. It's connected like a banana. Okay. We need it to come out nice and smooth all in one piece. That tells us so much. Your poop tells you so much about what is going on inside your body. So much. It affects your hormones. It affects your stress. It affects your pain. It affects what uh, what nutrients you're absorbing, right? So how your body is even being able to heal or have energy. Most of our hormones are produced in the gut. You know, even our most of our serotonin, which is our happy hormone, is produced in the gut. So if we have gut issues, guys, this just causes, again, so many systems to start to break down. So we want to get that gut health on par. Another tip to really relax, to make sure you're having regular bowel movements and not straining is a squatty potty. Okay. So squatty potty idea is awesome. It really opens up that pelvic floor and that anal sphincter so that you don't have to strain as much. And hopefully you're not straining at all. I encourage you not to. Um, and so, yeah, we really want to look at all of these pieces. Okay. You know, breath work, the gut health, the nervous system with stress management, our posture and our clenching. Um, but what do we do, you know, when we just have so much tension and we can't get it to relax because again, breath is going to go where there's least resistance. And so if that pelvic floor is super tight, it can be really hard to even ever get the breath there because it's going to want to go everywhere else. It's going to want to go into the belly and the chest and maybe even your sides and back before it ever goes into the pelvic floor. So it's a balance of working with the breath work to really get that coordination and gentle stretch and pressure ebbing and flowing through the pelvic floor, but also working with tools or pelvic floor PT, or both, to get that soft tissue to relax, whether it's in the back or your sides or your pelvic floor. We really want to get that muscle and fascia and all of the soft tissue in that space to be able to relax so that it can accept that breath and pressure. And so there are a few tools that I really encourage um, because when you come into a pelvic floor PT like me, we do an internal vaginal assessment and then internal vaginal or rectal treatment, right? So we are 
inside that pelvic floor, stretching it out, massaging it out, releasing trigger points, mobilizing fascia, mobilizing nerves, all of these things. And because things are internal, it's a little harder for you to do that work on yourself with just your finger. Now, if it's superficial pain right at that introidal vaginal opening space, perineal space, um, vulvar space, I do encourage you to take your fingers and feel around and find that pain and kind of massage it and rub it out a little bit. It should get better as you go. If it gets worse, back off or stop and seek some more guidance because we do not want to activate a trigger point or make things more angry or irritate a nerve that's already irritated. However, there are some other tools that really help you get at that deep bowl of the pelvic floor and even help you do some release work externally because some people really don't like the internal stuff. And I do have to say, you know, it's so crucial, <laughs> but we're not going to force anybody to do anything they don't want to do, especially if their body is like, nope, don't want to do that. Whether it's for, you know, cultural upbringing reasons and their shame around that area, or if they had trauma or abuse and that just is way too triggering, we are going to honor whatever the body is at. And so I do think there's a huge benefit in the tools for external release. They just don't quite get at the entire pelvic floor, um, but it's way better than nothing. And so with that, my favorite tools for pelvic floor um, pain reduction, number one um, is my the pelvic wand. Um, the pelvic wand is amazing. It's got a bend in it, so it gives you more leverage and um, depth so you can get into that deep bowl and really screen and release any tension or trigger points going on in that deep pelvic floor. So the pelvic wand, amazing. Um, and I will put links to these down in the show notes. Okay. And just know I'm not, um, I don't make anything off of these. These are just, I love these products. Um, so, uh, the pelvic wand, amazing. Um, the, and then dilators. So dilators are basically a progression where we're slowly introducing a stretch to that vaginal wall. So these are great for people who do have that pain with penetration or pain right at that introidal internal space, um, vaginal space, or they're having pain with that uh, with intercourse, right? So any of that in internal stuff, and we want to stretch that vaginal wall out. We start with dilators, which start at a very, very like smaller than your pinky and they progress to a very large size, right? And so the idea or the goal is to use the dilators consistently and frequently and keep showing up to the pelvic floor with a gentle stretch so that it accommodates and starts to open up and relax around it. And so the dilators are great for just making sure you feel safe as you start to work in that stretch um, and soft tissue work because yeah, if sex is uncomfortable, it's going to be pretty scary to put anything in that space. And we want to make sure you feel safe as you're working through this. So um, again, I'll probably do an episode just on dilators and tools and how to use them, but they're great. Um, they also have rectal dilators. So especially if you have issues with um, pooping and constipation or tailbone pain, and we find a lot of tightness in that posterior pelvic floor, the rectal dilators are also amazing. Um, but for that external release, it's a fascial ball or very similarly to a lacrosse ball. I find many people have these already because 
They are kind of already in the health and wellness industry. You can find them at Big Five, Target, Walmart, Amazon, obviously. And it's just a ball about the size of a lacrosse ball. It's very firm like a lacrosse ball. Um, I like the ones that don't have spikes on them for this because that can be a little too intense. Um, but you're going to take that ball and you're going to sit on the floor and crisscross applesauce. And you're going to take that ball find your sit bone. So you have those two sit bones that you, you know, you should feel when you're sitting and you're going to take that ball and you're going to roll it just inside of that sit bone. So you're sticking it in between the sit bone and your rectum. And this is approaching that more posterior three quarters of the pelvic floor. So it gets a lot of the pelvic floor. Um, but this is great because yeah, you can do this while you're out in the living room, hanging out with your family and you don't necessarily have to go hide in the room to use the wand or dilators. Um, and so again, if this is something you want to know more on and how to do, definitely reach out to me and let's get you on a one-on-one -on -one co coaching call. But I just wanted to go over some of those basic strategies with you guys today. And, you know, as my, you know, extra bonus tip, go see a pelvic floor PT, please, oh, please, oh, please, because we all do this guessing work. And yeah, you might be able to get some resolution of your pain and start seeing some hope at the end of the tunnel. And maybe you get your pain to go away altogether. But are you finding the root cause? Do you know if that pain's going to stay at bay? Or is it going to come back? Do you know if what you're doing is even correct? And what your body needs. So it just really takes away from the extra time and energy and money that you're going to put into your body um, by doing that guessing work. So go see a pelvic floor PT contact me. Let's get you on a coaching call and get a program just for you so that we can help you resolve that pelvic pain because it can be so debilitating. You know, if you can't sit, I had a woman who couldn't sit. She couldn't sleep. She couldn't walk. She was miserable. She came to me in tears and just thinking there was no hope in sight. And then lo and behold, after my first session, you know, and I don't not all of my patients are this responsive, but after my first session, she was like 80% better. And I was so excited. And we've been working together the last eight, 10 weeks to finally get that last 10% to go away. And also now looking above at what may be causing her pain and what maybe was contributing to it way before the pain ever showed up. So now we're trying to find those root causes. And so it is a process. Um, and it is just so awesome to see people going from barely being able to sit or having no intimacy with their partner to then being able to, oh my gosh, I got to sit and go on a car ride on my road trip. I got to, you know, sit through my daughter's performance. I got to sleep in my bed for the first time in months. I got to have sex with my husband for the first time in five years. Like, oh my gosh, you guys, don't let your pelvic pain rule and control your life like this. Seek help. Contact me. Let's start working on your pelvic floor journey today. I hope today was helpful for you. I know I went a little longer than I planned. I probably crammed like three different episodes into this one as I tend to do. So I apologize if it was a little long and you needed to pause and come back, but share this with anybody you know that's having pain, even if they're a male. All people have a pelvic floor, okay? And I know males suffer with um, tailbone pain and pain with sitting and pelvic pain as well. Women are just my jam, so that's who I'm talking to here, but 
send this out so everybody knows then they do not have to hide and suffer. This is such a taboo space. So many people hold on to this pain for way too long. So don't let that be you. Go out there, do some breath work, start working on that stress management, drink some water, and just start finding ways you can incorporate these strategies into your day-to-day. And if you do want a little more support, go over to my Facebook group, The Balanced Momtality Women's Health and Wellness, where we can chat more about your journey and give you a little bit more strategies uh, over there. So I hope you guys have a great week, and I will be here next week with The Balanced Momtality Podcast. Well, that's it for today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. And I want to thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy day. I know you've got so many other important things going on, but I hope it was helpful and you leave here with some tools to help you in your healing journey. And I just want to ask you if you have found this helpful to please leave a review on iTunes. Scroll down to the bottom of my podcast page and leave that five-star review so it can help other women see this information. And also, if you want to be a part of my community of amazing women trying to balance all the things, great tips and insight and sharing stories and just motivating each other along the way, feel free to join my Facebook group, The Balanced Mentality Wellness and Support. I hope to see you here next time on The Balanced Mentality Podcast.